Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus changes everything. Besides uh, being the title of my message today, uh, that statement is something that I think about every day. Now, of course, part of the reason is because it's kind of my job to think about things that way. Uh, And at the same time, uh, that is both uh, an extremely beautiful reality of our lives, and yet something that can be sometimes really hard to do. And at the same time, I would say even more significantly than that, uh, this is a deeply found, uh, kind of foundational belief for all of us as followers of Jesus. That it is faithful and foundational to everything that I believe about everything. In fact, uh, in a conversation that I was having with a friend about a week ago or so now, uh, when I was talking to him about my faith in Jesus and how that impacts everything that I believe, I said to him that uh, if I didn't have faith, if I didn't believe in Jesus, I would probably believe in nothing. Uh, Now, technically speaking, I think the belief in nothing is still believing in something, but uh, kind of philosophically speaking, there is a term for the belief in, in nothingness or meaninglessness in life. And that is the term known as nihilism. Uh, Nihilism is basically the belief that uh, there is a rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. And so uh, essentially, uh, a nihilist is someone who doesn't believe in any kind of connection between anything that happens in life. And in some cases, goes as far as to question the actual existence of things. So uh, if you think about uh, life as kind of a domino effect, a chain of reactions, one thing happens and causes something else, a nihilist would say it's just a bunch of individual dominoes. They're all separate and one falls and then another falls, but they're not connected in any way, shape, or form. And so when you apply this to kind of a view on how things happen in life, there's no interconnectedness. There's uh, nothing happens. There's no chain reaction. Everything just kind of exists. Life just is. And there's no reason to pursue deeper meaning or or understand what's happening because essentially it's all kind of meaningless. You don't need to worry or concern yourself with it at all. Now, uh, when I said that to my friend, I wasn't saying it because I think nihilism makes sense, but rather because uh, I believe that Jesus changes everything. And if that weren't true, if Jesus doesn't change everything, then everything that I believe about everything doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit together, nothing about it is explainable, and and even though I can't connect the dots at every point or every moment in my life or in the world around me, more and more every day I see and experience the reality that Jesus does change everything. And uh, it's this reality that I want to explore with you today. Because as I said, it's not just true for me, but as people who follow Jesus, it's part of what we believe. It's part of our everyday reality. That his existence, his, his presence, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his return changes everything about our lives. And this belief can be found in a lot of different places in Scripture, but uh, one of them happens to be that passage that we heard from Philippians this morning. Uh, Paul's writing to the people of Philippi, and uh, throughout his letter, this is uh, the entire letter of Philippians, is really Paul's like, thank you. He's writing them from a different place, and he's, he's saying thank you for, for being faithful, for listening, for, for following Jesus, for answering the call. And so as he gets to kind of this second half of his letter, he starts to talk a little bit more about this reality in his own life, how Jesus has changed everything about his life. 
And so uh, he does this in three distinct and unique ways. And the first way is by inviting them to think about his past. Paul starts off saying, If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So essentially, what Paul is doing here for us and for the people is he's kind of listing off his believer resume. You may, that's, that's kind of how I like to think about it. Uh, that if you, look, if you think about what a resume is, it's you're applying for something and you turn it over and it's got all your qualifications about why you're better, perhaps, than another candidate. So this is Paul's believer resume. It's his statement of faith, so to speak. He, he's telling the people, if you think that you somehow are, are a better believer, a better follower of the law than me, you're not. And in fact, I can tell you why you're not. He lists off eight different reasons, each one building upon the next. Right? That, that last reason is, is one that really stands out to me. He says, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. That essentially what Paul is kind of highlighting here is that these credentials, these accomplishments, put him above everyone else around him. That no one can compare to uh, his past accomplishments when it comes to his uh, believer status, his, his faithfulness before God. So, what would your believer resume look like? If you were to put one together, would it sound like Paul's? Baptized shortly after birth? Faithful attender of church every Sunday? Weekly Bible study leader for ten years? Read the Bible cover to cover five times? Usher, greeter, board member, watches services when I'm away for the weekend, listens to the sermon more than once because it's so good. Okay, okay, maybe that's a stretch. But even still, that's, that's a pretty good resume. I think those are all things that we would, we would want to have on our list if we were qualifying ourselves as believers. And yet look at the shift that Paul makes. After he lists all these incredible qualifications, he says this. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Uh, more than that, I regard everything as a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So that list of stuff that, that Paul took so much pride in, his credentials that put him over everyone else when it comes to following the laws of God. All the status and the power that he had accumulated because everyone else agreed and supported his credentials. The status that he had maintained and it elevated over him, over all people. All of it, Paul counts as a loss because of Jesus. In fact, uh, Paul uses some, some pretty harsh language. Uh, that word rubbish can be translated in a lot of different ways in Greek, and I'm not going to share them with you today, but just imagine. He, he calls it trash, nothing, meaningless. None of it even matters because of Jesus. And there's some important clarification here, because uh, Paul isn't saying that his past isn't important or isn't relevant, because it is part of his story. But when he compares it to his faithfulness, to his standing before God, he realizes that it means nothing, that it counts for nothing. That's because Paul used to find confidence in all of those things. That Paul used to think that his, his value, his worth, 
His worthiness before God was in all of the stuff that he had done. And the world around him told him that that was true, that as he did all those things, that he was more highly favored before God. But when Jesus enters his life, everything begins to change. Paul realizes that that nothing that he had done, none of the accomplishments or achievements he had give him value before God. None of the credentials he lists, none of the the praying or the believing or anything make him more worthy. None of it was going to change his life here on earth or his standing before God in eternity. None of it mattered if he didn't have Jesus. And so uh, the first way that we see Jesus changing things in Paul's life is by asking him to reorder his values. He now sees his past differently. See, his confidence is is no longer found in the things he did or didn't do. His worth and his value are no longer put on his past accomplishments. Instead, he sees his past because of what Jesus has done for him and who Jesus sees him to be and the value and the worth that Jesus has placed on his life. And Paul wants me and you to experience that same reality. If, if you ever looked back on what you've done in your past and you want to you cling to those accomplishments, if you think that that's what's give you value or worth in this life, especially as you stand before God, I want you to know that Jesus doesn't see it that way. That Jesus sees you as someone whom he loves so much and so deeply that he gave his life for you. Not because of anything you've done or didn't do, but because of who he is and who he sees you to be. You are one of his beloved children. And so your value, your worth before God is found in Jesus. So you can look back on the things in your past and see that they are part of your story, and yet you can draw closer to Jesus. Because when you see your past through the eyes of what Jesus has done for you, you're able to see your confidence, your value, your worth is in him. And in Jesus, all of those things are secure, and he will never fail you. And so, uh, if you have a new way to look at your past, Paul also wants us to understand that there's a new way to look at our present. That Jesus doesn't just change something about us now, but he changes something about us here in this moment. So Paul continues on in his letter. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So uh, when Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians, as I mentioned before, he wasn't in Philippi. Paul didn't write in the cities that he was in. He writes from different places. And in the midst of writing this letter, it's presumed that Paul was in the middle of some immense suffering. That as Paul is writing this letter, he is in prison. Now, uh, Paul was in prison because he talked about Jesus. See, uh, when Paul was telling people about Jesus and about how Jesus changed his life and their life, there were leaders who didn't like that. And so they decided that Paul needed to be thrown into jail. So uh, when Paul is, is talking about the suffering that he experiences on behalf of Christ and with Christ, he is in the middle of that suffering. And yet it's here that we see how Jesus changes Paul's present experiences. Because uh, instead of trying to find an explanation, a reason beyond what's happening in the midst of Paul's suffering, he simply just looks at his suffering as something that he cannot get through without Jesus. 
that uh, without Jesus, this time for Paul and his entire life would be practically unbearable. He wouldn't even make it another day. But because of Jesus, no amount of suffering can hold Paul down. No amount of suffering can consume him. Because Jesus endured suffering in a way that no one else in this world ever has or ever will. And from that suffering, Jesus conquered suffering. He defeated suffering and defeated death as he rose from the dead. So uh, if, if in his past Paul sees that Jesus died for all the things that he did and none of that matters before God, then in his present Paul sees that the power of the resurrection is changing his life here and now. Paul sees that Jesus' conquering over suffering and death changes how he experiences suffering here and now. Because it draws him closer to Jesus and he relies more and more on Jesus and he knows that Jesus will overcome that suffering. And the reality is, uh, there are all kinds of sufferings that we experience in this life. Just in this room alone, uh, there are people who have suffered through physical illness, uh, broken relationships, broken families, mental illness, the suffering that happens when you experience the death of someone that you love. Suffering comes in all shapes and in all sizes, and it can often feel overwhelming and exhausting and defeating. But because of Jesus, even our suffering is different. Because we don't have to hide our hurts or hide our pain. We don't have to mask what we're going through. Instead, we can cry out to God. We can call upon him and know that not only does he hear us, but he steps into the middle of that suffering. That Jesus is with us as we suffer, bringing us through that suffering. That he is fighting on our behalf. That he will strengthen us to endure whatever suffering we may be going through. And that because of Jesus, we will overcome that suffering. Because that's what Jesus does for us. He overcomes whatever we may be going through in this life. To remind us that he is the one who rules and reigns over all things. And there is nothing that can stand against him. And, and that's where we begin to see the third way that, that Jesus is changing Paul's life. See, as Paul continues on in his letter, he says, Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. So you'll notice here that, that Paul kind of is taking a 30,000 feet view of his entire life. That Paul has, has taken us back to the past and seen what Jesus did there. And then he's speaking about his present circumstances and how Jesus is working there. And now he invites us to see what Jesus is doing in the future. And the way that, that Jesus changes Paul's future is by giving him hope. See, Paul realizes that, that hope is something that he can experience brand new every single day. That the hope of Jesus is with him forever. So uh, Paul knows that his present circumstances are temporary, but his future is eternally secure. That Jesus already has a place for him. And what Paul knows then is that what, what lies behind him is not going to be better than what lies ahead of him. That his life is only going to continually get better. 
And that's how it is for me and for you, even though we don't always see it that way. That because of Jesus, there is hope every single day. Hope that pushes us forward. Hope that reminds us that there is no place, no time, no point in our lives where Jesus is not working to redeem and to change everything about our lives. And so whatever you're going through right now is temporary. But your future has already been determined by Jesus. And here's what Jesus says about your future. That you have a place at his heavenly table. That Jesus has called you by name and one day you will sit at that heavenly table in his kingdom that has no end. And he will once again call you by name. And so no no matter what you have gone through in this life, you can be sure that what lies ahead is going to be so much better than anything you can imagine. And I think one of the the clearest ways for us to, to process this, to think about it, is to simply consider this fact. That every day that goes by, we are one day closer to redemption. Every day that goes by, we are one day closer to the new creation. Every day that goes by, we are one day closer to the return of Jesus, which means every day that passes, we are one day closer to a life with Jesus forever in his kingdom that has no end. And so until that day, we draw closer to Jesus. My hope and my prayer is that we hold on to the promises that Jesus makes to us. Promises that remind us that our past is in him. Our present is in him. And our future is secure in him. That no matter what we've been through, no matter what we're going through, and no matter what lies ahead, We know that a life with Jesus is the best life we can ever have. Because Jesus changes everything. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.